welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Joining me as we look back at the World Cup action from Seldon is Ski Racing Oracle Ben Clark, Olympian Luke Stain, and World Cup GB GS racer extraordinaire Charlie Raposo. Thank you for joining me. Uh, close but no cigar on the World Cup second run, Charlie, but how was the rest of your day? The day was pretty good, Ed. Um, it, was, uh, it was certainly a beautiful day for racing. Conditions were, as you might have seen on TV, snow was very very aggressive it was yeah, it didn't uh, look like the normal sort of slick do or die you know that picture from a few years ago where the yeah. guy fell down from the top of that <laughs> all the way down, all the way down it didn't look quite as yeah it was well i mean generally world cup gs they're they're going on that side of of a more aggressive grippy ice as opposed to slick ice yeah i think it looks well um, as well doesn't it? it it's a lot it's it's a lot nicer to ski uh if they do it right it's incredible like ultimately last year was probably the best race we had preparation wise i ran 45 and it it felt really good mm -hmm. yeah sure it's always going to get a little juddery and chattery especially on um, that 60 percent gradient right? exactly yeah but it's um it does work really well when they just inject and then have good weather it turned out really good for the girls the girls said it was amazing they all had a really good time the men's race was yeah it felt really good in inspection but my god was it aggressive when you came onto the pitch borderline sketchy feeling on your feet actually just because what's so gripping just so grippy and did, uh, did the techs have to do some some changes based on like inspection did it change much from hill skiing we or? so so we actually i take my race ski into inspection with my technician and we'll go off to the side on a certain part of the course All right, you'll do a put the turns. race ski on and slide two gates with the race ski because i sort of can feel pretty quick and yeah. it, it felt really grippy but i sort of thought ah oh, this feels nice it was a bit too much, but it's always a fine line between taking edge off because, you know, the sections where I was a lot cleaner into the top of the turn and, and arcing more, like coming off the pitch where things were good, ski felt amazing. But just that top of the pitch where it gets a little chattery from guys throwing it sideways quite aggressively, yeah. that's where it feels a bit rough. But generally, when you when you look at the results, there was it was a hard day for Rosignol. When it's really hyper-aggressive like that, Rosignols are so so good in the turn and the way they turn they turn really easily it's an amazing ski still not but... as good as the atomic ski though right <laughs> come on man let's take a look at the results we all know Rosignol's the top um, you know but that's what that's what's always really difficult with the setups you know yeah. like I, I run a pretty aggressive setup uh, so when it's a, when it's hyper aggressive like that it's just, it's just always difficult to navigate what you want to do but um, you know once I got used to that feeling on, on the pitch it was um, it was awesome it was awesome to ski. Take me to the uh, the race run of that first run. For you, having had a sort of mixed bag, let's say, from last season, some like awesome sections, but it didn't quite come together as a whole for you last year. And obviously, like a super good block through the summer. I saw you in Sasfe skiing really well and looking to try and now make that change and make that transition into being, you know, a name on the giant slalom circuit. How is it looking and watching these guys run? And knowing that it's super tight, I think it was under two seconds, wasn't it, from the first, from to get a second round. Knowing that you're going to have to, you know, motor down one of the most tricky pitches in World Cup. Yeah, it was um, obviously. I mean, Solden is a slope of extremes, dead flat, a small bit of medium, but yeah. still actually you have to it's ski like that like it's games. flat. You have <laughs> to ski it like it's flat. Tack into the pitch, the longest, almost arguably the steepest pitch we we ski onto a then dead flat. So it, it's it's massive extremes that you're dealing with. And we trained on the slope the week before. And that was a good experience. You know, having two days on the slope, eight runs total yeah. uh, across the two days. 
you know, I knew I knew what I needed to do to be fast. I knew I needed to be really trying to push across the hill on the pitch, drifting as little as possible. Obviously, you're always going to be a bit dirty on that slope. Everyone is dirty at the top of the turn, for those that don't understand that meaning. Um, and, you know, I knew that flats are a little bit my weakness. I knew I'd suffer a little bit on the dead flat in the finish and on the top, but just tried to push as hard as I could. Warm up and being good that morning. Um, so I felt good and you know I felt excited to go sure you always gonna have a bit of race anxiety yeah. that kind of thing you know I knew that I had the skiing in the locker Solden's fun to ski on that top section because you're just you're out the start gate you're trying to ski as little distance as possible on the top flat work the ski you break through we had that undergate where actually you had a little weird rut on mm. that right foot undergate in yeah, the first one a couple of uh, guys come a bit of a cropper there didn't we exactly like Henrik actually was first guy to go and you saw him get like he uh, outside ski came up yeah, pretty initiated high initiated too early I think he had to roll off and go back on a again. little bit yeah so so you know we were all kind of like huh we saw that little dip in inspection but didn't think it was going to have that yeah. kind of impact but the top was super fun to ski again like, like i said with the setup just sort of caught myself off guard with how aggressive things were on the top of the pitch uh you know linked up some nice turns on the pitch but some just had some pretty costly mistakes due to just not not getting it done to be honest like if, if i'm being accountable for myself not getting it done but then it was halfway down the pitch when i was just like this has not been good enough like Maybe if you want to get in risks. like i i you know I know what it's like a World Cup now with how much guys risks and how much you got to be on the limit. You know, I dirty sixth in Kranzkogora last year, four tenths off the podium, and I was pushing like hell the whole way down. From the training on Solden, if you have that feeling at the bottom of the pitch where you're like, oh, now I can let it run, you're it's way too late. Too late. Too way late. too late, you're going to be crawling. So I was just like, I need to go now. Like, now and just linked as hard as I could and just trusted the body was going to do the right thing the ski's going to turn make a short arc and that i can, can maintain onto the flat and subsequently that was a really good session so no it was it was interesting to ski and on reflection i'm somewhat happy with how that went yeah but i think in all in all what a what a race finally got a whole weekend of racing in Solden. we've been waiting long enough for it's three years in the making i think if we'd missed this year I think they really have to reassess their decision on Solden <laughs> next year the guys are going on Saturday uh, <laughs> so only four people outside the top 30 made in the final results what do you read into that I think it's, it just shows that how experience yeah that well it's t it just shows how, one how tough the hill is and two how tight the racing is and how much how important good numbers are and how important it is to take advantage you know of good conditions I mean we've seen it plenty of times we saw it in the girls race previously you know, if you, you when you've got that opportunity, you have to drive. And there are some guys that moved up a long way after that first run. Lucas Brafton uh, from Norway managed to move up from 23rd into sixth, took an opportunity, went down right at the start of the second run, ripped and uh, and delivered, really. It's certainly, uh, Lucas is impressive. A uh, friend of mine and um, really, really good, chill guy on the tour. Like, you know, the Norwegians kind of call him the team clown, actually. Uh, if he hears this, he won't love that. But uh, no, what do you think they call you, Charles? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got all sorts of names. Um, but no, he's an incredibly talented skier. And last year on the Europa Cup tour was just, you know, he was a model. Him and Stefan Brensteiner, who Brendy also had a really good first run into, I think, seventh place from Bib 26, Brensteiner uh, from Austria. But no, him and Lucas were sort of battling away on the Europa Cup tour, and Luki took the title. I think two races before the final race, he had it in the bag. Leitinger also threw in an absolute flash on the second run. I mean, he was 53 and he came second on the second run. 
Was he second on the second yeah, run? Yeah, second really? on the second run. I'm not surprised. Lighty was really quick when um, when we trained the week before. Um, so it was... Uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see the guys that went in. Kilda, who's had sixth in a World Cup GS and won a Super G World Cup Globe. Matthias Wommeyer, who's won Olympic medals in Super G and downhill and was an incredible GS skier as a young kid, but has gone down the speed route. Broughton, who was the strongest Europa Cup skier last year. And Rowley, who was a World, me- uh, World Champs medalist in 2017. So, on the whole, you've got four guys that moved in. It's not like a normal World Cup where you've got, you know, a gaggle of, like... When you look at other World Cup races, you can kind of go, ah, oh, yeah, these Europa Cup lads made it in today. Ah, oh, yeah. these ones the next day. Yeah. You know, it's, it was pretty pretty finite as to who made it in in Solden, and it was guys that have got some serious speed in the locker. Um, so, it was certainly a race with not a lot of movement, and it showed the depth yeah. of the sport there. It was interesting to see Kilda and Meyer in the top 30 speed specialists we were just talking on saturday about the death of the all-rounder so you get to see two speed guys in the top 30 in in gs it was quite impressive um you could definitely see the the strengths that they've got from speed events taken into uh, account on that pitch because once you start getting out of position it is really hard to fight your way back in uh, and you could see some of those guys could just get themselves into the position they needed to and really uh, not hold on, but just hold that position and not be kicked as much. Some of the smaller guys, you mentioned Christofferson already, if you get caught out by a bit of a, a bit of a bump in the turn or some of the judders, they can get kicked out. And once you get kicked out, you lose that transition speed. Uh, and as Charlie's already said, if you're not linking those turns on the steep, you're already slowing down. So it's pretty awesome to watch the big guys yeah. go. I think it was a definite nod to, to the all looking at globes, right? I think it was really interesting to see these guys making a statement from the get-go from uh, Maya, Matthias Meyer and, and uh, Kilda there trying to go do you know what there's no more here sure. I'm here you know this is as good a shot as any you know most guys are three skiing three disciplines either downhill super G and GS or slalom GS and super G so we're going to see more and more of these guys and I think Kilda and Meyer especially are looking to, to mix it in with the likes of Christofferson with the, with the likes of uh, obviously Pantero and Odomat but I think Christofferson what a miss, what a missed opportunity bib one first run down in 18th place i think as far as kilder and my go just to just to wrap that one up i can't say i was massively surprised about kilder really fast in training and kilder's been an unbelievable gs gear for a yeah, long time he's, and he's and he's you know he's, he's struggled a, a little GSs bit around and he exactly comes and, does and the he, he struggled a bit with head hence why he's back to atomic two years after going that you know makes he, sense to he me. moved to head <laughs> <laughs> he this podcast he, is sponsored by <laughs> he moved to head because of testing reasons it was just way easier well, of course, of you, a load you know, with the arms and an axle yeah those guys skiing but we can we can't just the, their yeah. stuff that they're not going to ski on and you're going to get the hand-me-downs of that you're yeah say well it's just the the, the the testing that they could do was so much more effective but you know he, he realized he needed a better gs setup and atomic offered that to mm. him still not as good as rosie but you know it was um, <laughs> you know it was a setup that was going to do the job so i'm not surprised he was fast in training to be honest i i've never really seen matthias Meyer ski gs but i was I'm, I'm impressed and surprised by that that was that was some really strong skiing from him but as you say like now Axel is gone so you got Jansrud and Foyt on the speed side that they're going to be strong most likely but it does you know the overall is, is up for grabs and oh, those really you is. know Kilda and Paris if, if Kilda's going to if Kilda's bringing the heat in, in Super G downhill 
he'll be a force to be reckoned with in GS as well. I yeah. think. I think well, he'll bring the heat all season. Well, you can't be a good Super G skier and not be a good GS skier, right? No. So, you the know, funny thing is how difficult it. it is to do just GS and Super G because of schedules. Yeah. There's four or five guys yeah. in the top 30 in the world in both disciplines. People think it's really easy to do both, but no. the scheduling no, no, makes no, no, it really, you're, really you're difficult. here, there, and everywhere. But back to uh, what was a good weekend for the French, taking one and two. I think I've called Pantero, so I'm going to claim that nice and early. <laughs> that's one for the season. That's, that's, your, one, that one. that's your one for the season. Uh, and then uh, Fav coming in, absolutely ripped it as well. And then Jan Kranjek uh, took the last step on the podium, but definite nod to the US team that looked like they've stepped up their game off the back of last year with Ligeti, the old man on the tour, the old boy, the Seldon specialist, coming in and absolutely laying one down for the old boys. Uh, showing that his body is in as good a shape as it's been for a long, long time, and even uh, cool uh, Ryan Cochran Siegel in eleventh place. So three in the top fifteen. It's a pretty good day out for the Americans. I would say the one team that I expected a bit more from going into the race was the Swiss, six in the top twenty on the start list. But um, ah, Gino Cavizzo had a good race in ninth. Odemar and Loic Mayard just got a little um, little caught out in the second round, unfortunately. Well, Odemar went from uh, third on the first round, didn't he? Had that. Twisted, yeah, no, he twisted it. on the steep and yeah. Again, no, no, just... no. Like twisted on the steep, did a three sixty out, okay. and Odemar went down on yeah, his hip. Okay. And, and, and then it's yeah. Up. I think it's it just shows how much these boys are pushing. But I think uh, what will be interesting is um, the Austrians take on the day. You know, the Austrian men have have fully begun life without Marcel, and it certainly wasn't the uh, the homecoming that they'd hoped for was it then no it wasn't only three in the field even finished in the top uh, 28 at the end and none in the top 10 it's probably been a while since you said that about an Austrian men's yeah but to team. be fair it probably is not if you take Hirscher out of any, any races like how often that comes that the Austrians if are nowhere he's, apart if, he, if he's in the team it doesn't matter if he exactly. keeps winning they don't care but I, I looked through the, the start list and it was quite interesting to look at the Austrians when, when you think of the strength in the young guys that the Swiss have the Austrians they, I don't know if they're skiing Europa Cups or they're, they're holding them back from the first race but bear in mind it's a home race for them the youngest year of birth they had in the race was 1994 and considering you had someone winning on Saturday born in 2001 in a women's race they, they had a 96 mm-hmm. they? Patrick first time yeah they okay. had one 96 but yes you're it's, right it's it still, still not as young as some as, yeah. as some of those guys yeah, well, you, you imagine of, you go back to the Austria of old like imagine remember those guys packing start lists with umpteen like teenagers starting World Cups and getting World Cup second runs they are not not the force that they have been and I wonder well, they whether they filled their spots they had, they had a time trial and 198 who time trialed Thomas Dorner who was just skiing strong in training he missed out on a spot opportunity so went to Johannes Strolz who's 93 Magnus Volk who's 91 I believe and uh, Furstein who's 96 same year of birth as me I think I wonder Plus if the, the benefits of having Hirscher there means that they've been able to take their foot off the gas a little bit with development just from the outside like you know, you, when you've got Hirsch taking so much of what's going on and so much focus and so much of the limelight, I wonder whether that is a, you know, has an effect subconsciously on bringing even. through the next guys. Yeah. Because as long as Marcel's going well, you would have been doing all right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's it's an interesting theory. It will be really interesting to see this year how that void is filled and and what 
yeah, what well, the bet, perception is of Austria for the rest of the season. Well, well yeah. I bet they're already sick of hearing, and we've had one race, and I bet they're already, all those guys that are racing, already sick of being, uh, what about Marcel? He's <laughs> interested in the first round, seeing Manny Feller ski, what, what by his standards, was quite out of character in terms of how <laughs> controlled he was. Yeah. But Most it was, of the time he had two skis on the ground. <laughs> but it was a really good, it was, it was a really good run. Um, bear in mind, I think they, they pulled us, they put a stat up on screen as he pushed out of the start gate, and I think it said, never finished World Cup. <laughs> Yeah. in Solder yeah it was an aggressive stat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but his first run looked great but then on, on the second run couldn't couldn't keep that level of consistency which I guess is what you're going to get it, just looked like he over, it did look like he overskied it returned back to his old ways it. yeah I mean they talked about it in commentary I think they that he it did look like he was overskiing it and on a hill like that it's so easy to overski because you're fighting you know you're trying to be as aggressive as possible because you're trying to get on and off the edges as quick as mm-hmm. you can you're trying to ski clean you're trying all these things rather than remembering what made you good which is uh, going fast uh, and sort of ta- tactically right. trying to m- maybe over overplay your hand but uh, I think it was uh, all in all a pretty good race for some of the you know, Eric Reed. that was yeah. a nice yeah. Yeah. out of curiosity what was all of your guys highlight of the race just one quick highlight whether it be one skier what, what do you think it was I, re- I did really enjoy uh, watching Cranjex yeah I was about I to say always that. love watching he's that solid every time it's so nice he looks so smooth and some yeah. of the zip that he gets out of the you know some he's of the very acceleration powerful, very compact it looks yeah. so cool it was, it was cool to see how what him and Pinter is so compact but I have to say I think my highlight I don't really know Matteo very well at all was seeing him back on the podium because I think it's been a bit of a tough fight for him in, in the last well, year or getting, two uh, booted out of world champs wasn't it yeah, well, you know, just just I, he hasn't had that speed that he had back in uh, what year was it, twenty seventeen? Yeah, he picked or up twenty sixteen, and then really struggled to get back with some consistency. Exactly. Um, and what a day, you know, first race of the season. Thanks very much. Comes from uh, second seed, wasn't he? Set in that yeah. second group to come in. And, French yeah. have always been really strong in GS, and obviously they've lost lost Fanara now. Uh, Victor Mufa didn't didn't bring the heat. No, but he's not. Yeah, but around. he's not been. He's not brought the heat for a long time. He, and yeah. that's something we talked about in terms of uh, the World Cup start list stuff. How it protects the good guys because that man has been struggling for form for a long time, and Has-y. he's still starting within that top fifty. I think he's in second group, but he's still somehow managing to stay on. But he won't be there long if he doesn't. But it was find cool to see Pintero coming out. Pintero and Favre coming out with the heat in the first race, and you know, hopefully those young Frenchies, yeah. Remy Falgo, Thibaut Favre, bring up. Bring it up in years to come. What about uh, Lloyds? I mean, he's not really shown much since Whoa. the scandal last year. No. A few like yeah. good results nearing on the podium, but Lloyds uh, is, is funnily enough. I actually said this to someone. I don't. I think it, maybe it was Dave Riding. I don't remember who I said it to, but actually, Lloyds is hit and miss in certain certain conditions and certain races. You know, some slopes he's really good. At, I know for a fact he's so quick on a flat. Uh, yeah, I remember we were training in Vale before Beaver Creek last year and like, my God, it was mind-boggling. Him and Pavel Trikachev from Russia were just like road trains on that top flat in Vale. And I'm just absolutely crawling on a top flat like that. Is that, <laughs> uh, is that to do with your height, Charlie? Uh, sure, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with height. It's nothing to do with how I like the ski. Right? No, but, no, yeah, no. Yeah, just must be a height thing. Um, <laughs> but no, so he, he he's... You know, Beaver Creek is a slope that is really good for Lewis. Um, Tell you what, when you talk about year. snow conditions, that's by far my favourite snow condition was always Beaver Creek. Up there, high altitude, nice and aggressive. 
Uh, Real like Soldom was pretty similar. pretty cast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I find it just a it touch too aggressive when it's like that. I like I to it. just be able to play a little more with the ski just, and then when you want it it's there but you can play a bit more uh, rather than like when it's yeah. sideways that ski's got a life of its own yeah I mean I, like, the Beaver Creek I love that like you just roll up and you know that you're going to have purchase there that hero snow you know that like you're just going to roll up and you're going pretty quick. Is... You boys are probably not used to going that quick. <laughs> <laughs> you used to do too many turns. <laughs> it is, I will agree. Hey, I was good. I was all right, it's me. It is, That's because um... of your height. <laughs> <laughs> it is really nice when you're skiing a course whereby like, you're basically running a clean arc the whole time. Yeah. The issue is, is in a slope like Solden, you're dirty on a lot of the turns on that pitch. And that's when it's really grippy. Yeah. Whereas like Beaver Creek, you're pretty much in the GS clean arc. Apart the whole slope, apart from like two times at the top yeah. of Golden Eagle, Golden Eagle's almost always a bit icier. Yeah. So Stop. actually, that kind of snow and beaver is pretty nice. Right, let's crack over to the ladies' event where Alice Robinson, surprise winner, really, taking the win at 17 years old, beating Schifrin, who was leading after the first run, and Oracle expert, Ben Clark's home favourite, Tessa home Wally. Just permanent pick, Tessa, yeah. <laughs> um, but I was so impressed with how Alice skied. To stand in you know, second place at the start of that second run, knowing that Schifrin, whose win record is unbelievable, is standing behind you to just go out and have that do or die, you know, this is it, I'm going to go hell for leather and come away with a win, insane. Yeah, where some people are starting to find their feet in the World Cup Tour, they're like, let's just get some points in the bag, let's have a solid second run. She went, I'm going to go and beat the person that Luke said on Saturday is the greatest ski racer of all time. <laughs> um, so, <Madness>. definitely, <laughs> def, def, definitely went for it. And it was it was incredible to watch. I mean, just how close she got on the first run to Schifrin was I think got people's attention and that everyone was cool. everyone was watching the second round was like was it a one off did yeah. she get lucky can she do it again and like you said she rather than like just get putting it in the finish went all out for the win and really put Schifrin under pressure I actually thought Michaela looked a little tighter or maybe the setup was a little aggressive tough to say but I it's thought a... Alice looked a lot more relaxed I tell you what obviously when Alice first burst on the scene really to the sort of wider world of world cup skiing at that second run of world champs and she absolutely blitzed that second run and that's what it reminded me it reminded me of that freedom that that she had then when she was outside the you know outside the 30 when she started just making the second run and that sort of like well i've got nothing to lose i'm inside the 30 sort of thing and she did that having placed second after the yeah, first run. it's a different feeling and, isn't it yeah, to then go and do the same again to go and risk and and take the win yeah when there's more on the line yeah that's that's really impressive well we thought yeah. Schifrin was a one-off yeah and Alice is winning at the same age so does that make Alice a contender for the overall or does she need that downhill I don't, to I don't think so. I don't I don't I, I mean Michaela's winning in six disciplines I don't think you can I don't think you can stick her in there that yet because we haven't seen her do anything in anything other than GS really yet but I mean, if she can ski like that in GS, but, you know, we, we all talk about how GS is the, uh, you know, sort of the groundwork the, of, of any discipline. So if you can ski like that in GS, then you've certainly got a good chance if you've got the space in the program to try and uh, tackle on multiple disciplines. 
it's, that's that's worth bringing up is, is how difficult it is just to manage that you know I was talking with um, Mike Day and Michaela's coach uh, in Solden who he used to coach at GMBS when, when I was there you know and that's that's a big challenge for them is, is managing and, and what to say no to you know they had to look at the calendar this year and say we're going to say no to these races because it's so it's difficult the, to manage yeah. it's you know it's hard enough to manage racing i'll do 16 races this year between european cup and world cup but the tax that racing has on your body yeah. is is brutal and especially bringing all that media pressure and everything else that michaela's dealing with yeah sure like you i can maybe sit here and say that oh well when you win that many times like you probably get a bit more chilled out about racing and and this and that but you probably don't so it's uh certainly difficult to manage that load um, so Ed, you got a pick right in the men's. Uh, how did your picks go in the women's race? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Ravensburg came thirteenth. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, what were your picks? Uh, to be fair, I would have put Ravensburg up there. Yeah, I, I know, Charlie. That's what I did. She was doing really well this summer. Um, I know. Uh, in my defence, which also then makes my other pick look more like luck as well in the men's side of things, but. It's, it, is, it was very difficult to choose when we haven't seen them do an awful lot of skiing yet. So I think she... Victoria, you let me down. What can I say? <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't go very well in the ladies. It could have been worse. Noel picked uh, Petra Vohova uh, and she came 14th. So. Yeah, so Noel did, Noel did in worse In Noel's face, and he's supposed to know women's GS very well. Which brings us on to Alex. Yeah, Which Alex Tilly. Segway. Oh, it just, I can't help but be a little bit disappointed a, a, a bit frustrated maybe is a little bit more fair she skied she skied well the first run and it looked you know she made a couple of mistakes got caught in the back seat that hip wasn't moving through the turn enough for me didn't have enough purchase at the start of the turn but she was fighting and she was still trying to let it go so I feel like she got away with one a little bit on the first run starting 29th or whatever bib she had just inside that all important 30 so she went down she made first a, in Dogia the came down like 60 something bib 60 something and was three hundies behind Alex yes. in 30 seconds so she made about the second skin yeah, of her so when I saw her get that you know just sneaking the 30 for the second round I was like yes now we're going to see the Alex that we saw glimpses of this time last year when she ripped that top section and then DNF'd but I was like yes this is a perfect opportunity it's a perfect time for her to, to rip a empty run no ruts on the course and you need to be taking advantage and you of that. need to be taking advantage especially as w when noel her coach was talking about how she might just be still inside that all-important wcsl list or she you know might be, if, if she's outside she's going to be back in the 50s so mm. a perfect opportunity for her to go right i'm staking a claim for this 30 and you're not getting rid of me that easy and i feel like it was just a little safe. It was just not risking enough. And in a world that we just spoke about at length in the men's side, how you have to take advantage, you have to push, you have to risk. And the, the, on the ladies' side, it's the same. And I left watching that frustrated that we didn't see the best of Alex Tilly. Would it be an emotional thing? Like after first run, she wasn't exactly where she wanted to be. And then sort of she's played with her head. I don't know. She's, she's a, pretty strong. Girl. Yeah, she's a strong girl. I, 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 don't think you're, a... I don't think you're ever sitting in thirty disappointed about the first round. I think no, because you're sitting thirtieth, being like, I got away with it's that time one. to go. She seemed very chill. I saw her before the second round. Saw her in the hospitality. She seemed chilled naturally. A bit, a bit anxious. A bit 
Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. You're always going to have a bit of race anxiety, but she seemed good. She seemed ready to put it down. You know, I I saw I run over from uh, the hospitality just to watch her ski in the finish. I saw it live. You know, she just clearly didn't have as much sort of free, loose feeling to be able to do what she knows how to do. Just a bit tight, and it's always difficult to answers to why that is you know sometimes that anxiety does get the best of you and there isn't that 100 percent trust and and you don't ski free you know noli talked about it on the podcast about how she's obviously on new gear this year she's on dina star um and she's taking time to get used to those giant slalom skis they're not she hasn't found the the setup that easy to get a hold of the right one so i wonder if that's something maybe to do with that it could be and as well if we're talking about WCSL points and what it means, you know, athletes aren't oblivious to that either. So there's every chance that she knows that and starting 30, she's saying, well, I need to take advantage as well. And that can just make you tense up a little yeah. bit. And, you know, not everyone has that ice running through their veins like Schifrin uh, uh, and, and now we've s- said for Robinson as well. Not everyone's got that just complete calmness when when they know something's important but you know she still put some good turns together it's not what we know she can do but there is some points in the bag therefore at the start of the season and hopefully she can build on that knowing that she's you know this time last year she came away with no points because she went all out maybe she takes those clears her mind and and picks back up again you've got a training block before the next set of gs um and really goes after it Never easy when you're right on the precipice like that with um with on a start list. We saw yeah. it with Dave, didn't we? So we saw with, Dave, with Dave when Dave dropped out the top he was not going hard enough in the second run, so he'll admit that. And he dropped out the fifteen. And that's always been Dave's fear is dropping out the fifteen and he started seventeen in Madonna. And yeah. did he put the heart yeah, down in Madonna? He finished fourth almost on the podium. Yeah, exactly. But if he hadn't done if he hadn't done that in Madonna, he was going even further out the back. 100%. So he was about to lose. He was going to be out, you know, back into the late twenties at that stage but if he didn't. It's so, a classic example of when you get pushed into a corner, you go yeah, harder. But I think um, I, I do think it was a missed opportunity. But other people that didn't miss an opportunity was Zwieberg, fifty-eight out the start on the first run skied into 26th and absolutely put the hammer down and one second run must be no first world cup Charlie no Tveberg has gone through a handful of injuries um, so I'm not sure exactly on what her world cup history or is status was. Uh, or status was or status but I know she's she's had a rough go with injuries so it was pretty cool to see see her really um, really get some get some good skiing going because I think she's she's so sweet really nice girl um, How old is she? What year of birth uh, is she? She is ninety four. So yeah, twenty five. Yeah. So she's been she's been a strong skier for a long time, but like I said, injuries have, have played her a little bit. Um, and obviously, Fran Franziska Gritch was also very strong from Austria. Yeah, she um, she moved up a few on the uh, on that second yeah, round. Yeah, both well, of them really came took second, advantage yeah. of the second round. Yeah, um, and if, yeah. I mean, those light conditions and stuff make it tricky on the. On the second run, as the sun comes around, it gets a little dark on that second run. A few of the veterans having a, a tougher day. We already spoke about Wendy Holdner down in 15th, Petra Blahova 14th, Ravensburg 13th. But I tell you who was uh, sort of relatively pleased for a step back in the right direction was Lara Goot, moving back up towards where we're used to seeing her ski. She finished in eighth after uh, she sort of had a very, very mixed run of 
of um, performances over the last season or so, but it is somewhere that she enjoys. She's podiumed a couple of times on um, on Soldnot on the rep and back. So she now started to step back to where she should be and where, needs to be. Where was her speed last year? Was that pretty solid? Or I think, I think uh, in general, I think it was a real mixed bag for her. She, she hasn't brought the heat like she had in in a, in a little while. I think she's Four, somebody that really yeah. that really is based on snow conditions somebody that really like the, the snow conditions play a big part in what she's got going on um, I'm not saying this is by any means why but this is quite classic that Bodie when he was commentating in the Olympics a few years ago got in, got in real trouble because uh, his first race commentating Anna Weith was on course Anna, Anna Fenninger now Weith yeah. and when she wasn't performing very well Bodie said yeah, well, you know, she got married this summer, and I know that can do some pretty bad things for your career sometimes. <laughs> um, and it's safe to say he then made an apology for that the next run. Lara did they get married fairly recently. I'm not saying that was anything to do with it, but you know, Bodie Miller was a legend. If you lost Bodie, his uh, you put into that comment. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, and Matteo Fabio engaged, but look where he was. Oh, yeah, so, well, there you go. Goes mm, the other way around too. Yeah, totally. Just to round off a not great weekend for the Austrians. Obviously, we saw Bernadette Shield crashing oh, on the ACL. second run. Oof. Had that uh, really what, long did course hold. She did her ACL, yeah. Yeah, so it's been confirmed oh, she's out for no the season. Way. I she's missed had, that. Yeah, she's had surgery. Was driving down the mountain at that point. <laughs> yeah, um, it was it was a, it was a tough one to watch because it didn't look too bad in terms of a crash when it happened. It looked like a nig kind of did get caught under her, but then having to be helicoptered. Uh, down and then left in the car park is yeah. what it looked like um, from what it, it was... showed on the telly they just looked like they dropped her off in a car park and left yeah it was um... really weird I mean the crash itself at, at normal speed didn't look too bad and then they slowed it down and uh, that sort of classic ACL flick you know when the, the foot transfers from one side of the knee pendulums under sort of under, under compression and flicks to the other side a definite knee uh, she was there for quite a long time until anybody actually got to her initially then it took them a day or two to get the helicopter to her which only yeah then took her to the car park where it dropped her off in the middle of this car park and just the wide shot on the telly was the the stretcher (laughs) and about four people around her and then we cut back to a couple of races and then we cut back to her still in the same position before another helicopter came in to take her down the valley because it's a long way up Solden in terms of like there's a good sort of 30 minute drive down to the valley floor before then trying to get out I assume they'll be down to Innsbruck which has got to be another uh, hours hours drive or so so it did seem to take quite a long time to get out and I don't think and I think that's something that Fizz will be looking for obviously with history of of uh, injuries and ski racing and helicopter importance and all that sort of stuff I reckon that that's something that they they will be looking at and if they aren't they should be because I think that was too long I think that was a good it must from incident to hospital it it must have been about 45 minutes which actually is quite a long time when you're talking about Austria's national sport Austrian athlete it should also like if they're picking her up in a heli on a slope like get her to Innsbruck yeah but I wonder what 15 minutes yeah but then there'll be two then it depends because they haven't got another helicopter nearby then they're not allowed you know it's part of the thing they can't take that helicopter all the way down so um, and obviously that ACL as terrible as it is it's not life threatening so they're not going to take a chopper away in case something else happens but I think um, so she got 
So she got airlifted off the slope. Off the slope to the car park and then sat in the car park. That's got to be a pretty brutal ACL to, for, for that. Uh, she didn't move for quite a long time. It looked really? na- it did look nasty. And it, it's the, crazy how it just it varies from, from yeah. ACL to ACL. Some are terrible. And, it, and, and obviously, like, pain, just that nothing. first race of the year. Like, so, whole summer block, you've done the, the grueling work through the summer. You've done the painstaking hours on the snow. You've done the painstaking hours in the gym. You're up at... Three thirty, four o'clock in the morning on some of those glacier days that Charlie you'll remember from the summer uh, um, yeah, and then to do your knee on the first the first race is just Slap in the face. Got to be while so difficult. the men's side is now missing Harsha that means the women's side is missing Bernadette Shield and Steffi Bruner yeah Steffi two Bruner was names. their strongest those their two strongest GS uh, women so it's um yeah, Austria have got their work yeah, cut tough. out for them on the uh, on the younger tough, side. Tough, tough, but I did enjoy seeing um, Hirsch Senior. I forgot what his name. Yeah, he was Ferdinand, kicking about. Ferdinand, he was kicking about all weekend. Yeah, because that was what Marcel. I think he's Hirsch looking said. after some of the younger. Well, well Marcel Hirsch talked about it in his interview, and they alluded to the fact that his dad was going to stay within the setup and try and help with programming and and lending, hopefully a bit of Hirsch magic from uh, Ferdinand to well, try and. So this is the interesting bit, right? So Hersha's technician, Grabgauer, I've definitely said his name wrong, but it's something like that, Thomas Grabgauer. Um, <laughs> so he's now with Daniel Dankelmeyer. And Dankelmeyer is fairly strong in speed. Yeah. But you'd think that, you know, arguably one of the best service guys in the world would be with another very, very strong athlete. And I think a reason why they've done that is because they just want to be ready to pull him away if... Uh, the big man decides he wants a bit of the action. Oh, you reckon? Yeah, I think so, because did someone can pick up for Dankelmeyer on that speed side. They've got enough pool service. Like, he had pool service before Hersher announced yeah. his retirement. Yeah, but Dankelmeyer's so, had some good performances last he year. He certainly has. And he's a young dude that's, that's skiing quick, so maybe they want to It's not a terrible take, investment from yeah. Atomic. You know, they're not just like, oh, let's put Grabgauer with him, yeah. because why not? But... You know, he had wrong. a service beforehand on the Austrian pool. So they've taken some weight off the pool service. They've given them atomic service. But they'll be pretty quick oh, to pull that back. Conspiracy theories, I like that. Whoa. Told you I like it's coming it. back. What, what is it about this new atomic binding? It's like an old marker binding. Uh, it looks that. pretty similar, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not going to say anything. But, uh, <laughs> it looks pretty similar. There's lots of ropey dealings within, within this small incestuous ski... Uh, equipment world that, that stuff seems to go around yeah. and what goes around comes around and, uh, and a few uh, guys I feel like it's best sneakers. for me in uh, this situation just to not say anything they are trying to bring in ways to protect the products a bit better so that it isn't quite as uh, easy to to sort of switch up colour schemes if you're if you fancy racing on a different piece of equipment let's say I think I think a lot of it comes from um you know when when you have factory service like obviously those guys so you know when rosie give factory service to henrik you know uh henrik services service guys yule and marco they're responsible for all that equipment you know so they're going to make sure that it stays within rosignol but it's when you know skis go off to national teams where it's ski pool service that's all of a sudden where rosie or you know whether it's head or atomic or nordica don't have as much control of the equipment yeah. Um, so, so you know, it comes down. Yeah, you know, by the companies giving factory service, they do have more control of the equipment for sure because it's the person that's responsible for that works for the company as opposed to the national team yeah. where they serve the interests of the whole national team. I think all in all, thankfully, we got two races off this weekend, both 
the women and the men and all of a sudden it was nice that uh, the men had a chance to race back in Solden again I think lads thank you very much for joining me that's all we've got time for for the rest of this episode if you liked what you've heard make sure you give us a share and a like through your podcast channels uh, next race up for both the men and the women is in Levy it's slalom action on the 23rd and the 24th of November high up in Finland where we'll see Dave riding in action for the first time thanks for joining me lads uh, goodbye for now